wisely chosen to abstain. <laughs> I've said it a few Not times. I don't I'm, a pretty, I'm a pretty open-minded dude. <laughs> I, I, I've also been in situations where women are like, cunt, 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 haha. And I'm like, yeah, cunt. And they're and like, all of oh. A sudden, <laughs> no. You took the fun out of it. Yeah. They're like, oh, you opened the door on the aircraft and all the, oil, all the oxygen got sucked out. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry, oh, guys. Wonderful. It's immediate, like a light switch. I and yes, I feel your pain. I just wanted to be a part of the cunt party. Oh. I'll go sleep in my room now, under the bed. Feel so left out. Cuntless. So, so I'm going to have to leave that cuntless. in as our opening now, because that is the greatest <laughs> cunt story, especially when I've asked not to say cunt. <laughs> now it's just going to be cunt. Galore in the beginning yeah. of our Jason Bourne oh, episode. Now you have a title. Be the next James Bond movie. <laughs> cunt Galore. 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 Yeah. Oh, she'd be a great Bond the girl. Cunt Collective. Yeah. Let's just get all the euphemisms out of the way. My name is Cunt Sex Haver. <laughs> I am your femme fatale for the next hour. <laughs> write it. Write it now. Um, bangarang. Bangarang. Okay, so with that, hi and welcome to After the Hype. Your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Jonathan Hardesty. Hi. Chewy Darso. Oh, hello. Uh, Ryan cannot be here today because he's still in that damn Pokeball. He was so convinced he was going to get out and start fighting those gyms. It, it, was, a, it, was, well, a, it was a great Pokeball. Yeah, he's that's, trying that's... to find the elusive cunt, but <laughs> everyone else is too. That's what he gets for being the rarest of rare Pokemon. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> You'll get out sooner or later. <laughs> they kind of uh, cut you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank God we have that not safe for work tag on iTunes. <laughs> uh, with us today is Alex Marshall Brown. Hey, hey, hey. Back from our Hateful Eight episode. Uh, and first time guest, Eric Stoltz is here. First time guest, hello. Uh, how you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. We're surrounded by dead bodies. It's very soothing. Yeah, it is. A, it's a good place to remind you how alive you are. <laughs> yeah, totally. Severed head staring at me, passing judgment. It yep. helps pretend we have an audience. Yeah, totally. And, yeah. They're, and they're all really <laughs> horrified at everything we're saying. They really want us to do good. Jaws slack, <laughs> eyes glazed and over. And if not, there's clear consequences. Yes. Thanks to our very opening conversation, their jaws are all slack. Yeah. Like, you said cunt way too many times. Yeah. God, 13. <laughs> like, Freddy Krueger is such a Puritan. Observing a disbelief. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to do a really quick plug section for uh, Eric and Alex here. Uh, Eric, where can people find you online or follow what it is that you do? Uh, you can find me at Eric. J Stoles on Twitter if you so choose um, I have a movie on Netflix called Late Phases if you like werewolf movies or if you don't like werewolf movies but you like watching something for 88 minutes for no reason you can get on Netflix and watch Late Phases uh, Alex what do you have going on right now? Um, well I just shot a Loot Crate film uh, which is a parody of Quentin Tarantino's Suicide Squad as Amanda Waller, which is pretty great. Had a great time with that. Amanda Waller, that's a good part. Yeah, it's a great yeah. part. Make me Viola any day. <laughs> <laughs> All my men are disposable. Get the job done. <laughs> um, also shot a short recently called Only a Movie. It's kind of like Stranger Than Fiction, where this guy finds himself in a, on a set and doesn't know how his life got that way, and he tries to rewrite his life, and doesn't work out so good. Um, so those are the things that I've been working on lately. You can find me online on my website, alexmarshallbrown.com, all one word, A-L-E-X-M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L-B-R-O-W-N, on Instagram at the same thing, and Twitter at amarshallbrown. The way you just spelled your name makes me think, like, if you want to get, like, a side job in doing, like, the end of, like, the pharmaceutical commercials, 
you can you can knock it out of the park. Thank Just you. I appreciate get those that. Really quick enunciations in. <laughs> Be careful, you may die. And, <laughs> Just look directly into the camera with the sun setting behind you and you're like, side effects may include suicidal yeah. thoughts or actual suicide. <laughs> or murdering other people and then murdering yourself. Take our anti-depression pills. Yes. Sim- Twinkle in yes. your eye. Symptoms might be death. <laughs> and a song in your heart. Exactly. <laughs> God, there was one of those commercials on Hulu for like two months and three of the side effects were death. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, why totally. would you take this? Uh, we'll do with the, We'll start with a quick where have you been doing. I will go first. I saw the worst fucking movie of uh, last year, <laughs> I think it was. It was Lucy. I like Lucy. I did not I, like it. I heard conflicting views about it, though. I, I really like um, how am I blanking it? Luc Besson. I really like his stuff, and yeah. I really like his writing usually. But there's just something about the way this movie kind of played out that it was like, uh, I'm going to kind of spoil something here, and I, I'm apologizing for that. But when Scarlett Johansson turns into a liquid computer, uh, my buy-in is out. Like I, I can stand the whole like, oh, she gets Bad. smarter, smarter to a point where she can start manipulating her body and her mind. I'm like, okay, cool. I read comics. I can get into this. Wait, so you just turned into a supercomputer and made yourself a thumb drive and handed it to Morgan Freeman? I, nah, I'm done. Like you just, you took it just. Too far. All and that mumbo jumbo. Draw yeah. the line at like sisters are doing nanobot goo. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna deny her the right to turn into a flash drive. <laughs> You're right. Maybe, maybe I should take a step back. I mean, check my male privilege. But it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, I I could not. I just could not handle it. At like, least a solid state it's drive. It's such a silly <laughs> thing because. I don't even know what that implies for smart people that they immediately just lose all motivation for earthly delights and they're just no, about said information. She's going to save the world. And they have this, like, again, I'm spoiling By, things. I, I apologize, but we're never going to cover this fucking movie. Because <laughs> um, I'm not watching it again. How is this the same but, plot of her? Like, <laughs> well, but it's like, a prequel. At, at the end of the movie, they like this, the cop who's been wanting to bang her the whole movie comes bounding into a room. He's like, where is she? And then he gets a text message. From no one that says, I am everywhere. I'm like, oh, fuck this. Well, movie. then can't They're he like, bang the air and be fine with it? Yeah. <laughs> he could plug her into a real doll. <gasps> Would she inhabit Ooh. it, though? That's all he ever I think she wanted. has more stuff to do. Yeah, I feel like she. Well, I'm sure if she, she wasn't if she's interested in smart, him before, then she can boy do would turn more than one thing at a time. I mean, as, as long as she, he thinks she's inhabiting it, we'll like, be fine, right? Total out of your league situation, bro. Sorry. That's it for me. I don't want to keep talking about this horrible piece of shit. Another thing that made me mad. Uh, the where I've been doing. I finally caught up on Sleepy Hollow, which I had been putting out for a uh, while. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, and I got real pissed off. <laughs> because, well, I didn't what? have a very good weekend uh, last weekend, which Brian and I lost one of our rats. I'm sorry. Uh, so I'm like, I'm going to watch some shows. I'm going to watch a show where, you know, the good guys always win. Uh, and I thought that was Sleepy Hollow. Uh, did any of you guys watch that show? What I um, watched the first season, and uh, the title of the show are the two feelings that I got from watching it. So I decided <laughs> to just back it away. Ha- it has a very slow build to it, but yeah. once you really get to know the main characters, Crane and Abby, uh, they're d- a delight. And just right see, on. and one of the reasons I like the show so much is that you would have a duo between a man and a woman, a white man and a black woman, and it's have them hard. actually as equals the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they do get into the whole, like, they have feelings for each other, but not, like, romantic. Like, they have such an intense amount of respect for each other, and mm-hmm. they're a great team. And I just loved their chemistry in that regard. What's the part that pissed you off? Because it might be the same that pissed me off. I quit after They this. killed Abby. Nope, oh. that wasn't it. No, that was, that was earlier then. He was like, I loved when they killed Abby. No, I was super pissed. We're like, we have this great duo that do- they do? Oh, they, that re- that revolves around such mutual respect. And then 
Because it's so rare for you to have something like that and they don't bog it down by like, will they, won't they, blah, 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 sex. And then they kill her and I'm like, no, damn but, it. So why'd you take the most interesting character out of the picture? Sorry. like yeah, Maybe they'll bring her back. No, they know. could. But. Well, they say that the the witnesses have eternal souls, but he's got to go find. But then they change, <laughs> so he's got to go find the next witness. But it won't really be Abby; it'll just be kind of like her spirit in this other person. I don't know. I'll find out when they start the show again. But I'm just annoyed because I really <laughs> wanted a, something that lifted me up, and then and they gave her a hero's death. But I was still just upset that she was dead, and yeah. I was like, it's like, why not just give her you. a hero's like three more seasons? Yeah, like, but like, if you really want to do something good, they could have really twisted things around and actually killed Ichabod Crane. Like they could have done that, been like, whoa, what's Sleepy Hollow without it? Well, he, he's the like, pretty white man, so he's going to keep I mean, going. Take I, this for what you will. She has said she is done with the show. I never said <clears> that. I just <clears> said <throat> it. I was looking it up as you were talking. She said she's done with it. She's done with she's it? She's not coming back. She doesn't have much going on in her IMDb, which is also disappointing because she's a good actress. What does that mean about that set? I don't know. Yeah, that's I, too bad. I hope they're not being stupid on the set. They could know. be. People I enjoyed are watching everywhere. her. <laughs> yeah, surprising. You heard it I was first. already <laughs> mad enough when Orlando Jones got like finished in the show because I, oh, that was annoying too. When the f- show first started, you kept saying Orlando Bloom, and I was like, I'm never watching this. <laughs> no, sorry, show. Orlando Jones. <laughs> You're like, no, but Brian. You good news, it's the Seven Up Yours guy. He's back. <laughs> hey, he's back. the Mad TV guy. Right, right. What but Brian never watched Mad TV. He doesn't like that show. He's I don't. Silly. I'm sorry. You I'm not. You can't be perfect. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Shame. It's a wonderful Shame. show. It's a long hashtag. Are, John, where have you been doing? <laughs> I, uh, well, I know where, you know, how else did Ryan get captured? By mm-hmm. me actually playing Pokemon Go. I Are actually, you the one who caught him? Yes, I did. Oh, shit. Took uh, six great balls and a uh, another, like, regular Pokeball. Oh, nice. He was a tough one. Yeah, he's the rarest of them all. So how do your balls feel after all that? <laughs> Sore. Not so yeah. great balls. <laughs> like The game is fun for what it is. Gets you to exercise. I walked around like maybe seven, eight miles or so. It wasn't. Yeah. It was ridiculous. My feet hurt it's terribly. People out of their homes at two in the morning. <sighs> but it, it is a weird thing to be down at like a whole stretch of like in Burbank, just seeing a bunch of people crowded around the lamp posts at like ten at night, yeah. <laughs> huddled over their phones and super crazy, and to know yeah. why and understand what they're going through. It's like. Mm-hmm. So weird. But yeah, it's fun. It's fun for what it is. Uh, Alex, what about you? Where have you been doing? Uh, I have been reading a book that I absolutely love. It is called Essentialism. You brought it with you. You brought props. Greg McEwen. (laughs) I had props to you. I am in love with this. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Mainly because I stress myself out fairly often because I overbook myself with a whole lot of things to do. Thanks for being on two episodes today. I appreciate you so much. Um, Happy to be here. It teaches me to be selective about the things that I join on to. There we go. That's what it is. I chose you. That ties to my whoever you've been doing too. I choose you, podcast you. Yeah, we're her Pokemon. Um, but yeah, it, it helps me weed out the things that I don't want to do rather than feeling obligated to do them. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Anybody mind if I just sit here and read that book for the next hour? No instead of <laughs> yeah, I will. It's your first time being here. <laughs> yeah. Throw a book at you. <laughs> no. Eric, what about you? Where have you been doing? Um, other I had than the, reading Alex's book. Other than <laughs> read the whole thing right now, I can tell you, folks, it's a great one. <laughs> I just had the pleasure of binging Stranger Things on uh, Netflix. I want to watch that, but I have to good. do it when he's not home. Yeah. Well, what I do to you? 
You don't like Winona Ryder. Oh, fuck. She's in it? She's the star. Uh, she might. Uh, <laughs> I was so excited for that show. <laughs> I don't know. She might She might turn your opinion a little bit because I think she's doing some interesting yeah. stuff in this. I mean, she's not the best part of the show by a mile. In fact, she's not even really the star. She's just the biggest oh, I name. I she was. Well, she, she's in every episode, but she doesn't have as much to do as the group of kids who are the real protagonists of it. You know? Okay. Their uh, friend goes missing. There's weird supernatural phenomenon, this very strange uh, girl who uh, everyone thinks is a boy at first because she's very androgynous, has like a shaved head. Uh, she just seems to like wander into town out of nowhere. Nobody knows where or, or what she's doing. And, you know, none of these kids are names, so they can't necessarily put them as upfront as Winona Ryder, but these kids are to be sure like the actual so it's kind of like the it's kind of like the first season of Game of Thrones, where even though that guy uh, Sean Bean wasn't like the main main character, he was the biggest name. So you put yeah, him so from, yeah, that's exactly the right. Biggest yeah. automatic mm. spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whoops. But uh, I I just thought the world of this show. I mean, I it reminded me of all the parts of Super Eight that I loved, and none of the parts that I got frustrated with. Where it's just extremely in love with its characters. It loves these kids so much. It loves this girl so much. Um, it's got a lot of affection for small towns without being condescending. A lot of times you'll watch a show or a movie set in a small town and you can tell it was made by people in LA sipping cappuccinos going, (laughs) these hicks. (laughs) In this case, you really feel an enormous, like the only word I can use is love. It just seems like they love these characters. They love this town. The creators, the Duffy, uh, Duffer, Duffy brothers, I mean to say. Um, Oh, I don't even remember if it's Duffer or Duffy. Duff Beer? It's maybe it's the Duff Beer Brothers. <laughs> I would remember if it yes. were the Duff Beer Brothers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's how much I love the show. I can't remember the names of the guys who created it. You're but, just so uh, raw with emotion. Well, just, it means you just buy into the world so much that there can't be creators of it because it's just real to you. Yeah, yeah. and I think this is their first jam because I it is Duffer by the way. Duffer, yeah, and I had never heard of these guys before, and like to me, coming out of the gate with something like this is like I just can't wait to see what comes next. Awesome, so, that's yeah. great. Those really, brother teams really uh, got they it. They wrote for Wayward. Pines. Oh well, I could see that because yeah, yeah, but it's also uh, I don't I don't remember. But either way, it's still kind of like that. I could see. I mean, I have I've been trying to not watch anything, which is why I didn't know when Nona Red was in it because I heard such good things about it. I'm like, I don't want to see a trailer. I don't want to see anything about it. I just want to watch the show. Uh, But knowing that they did Wayward Pines, I could from what I've heard makes sense. Yeah, I think if even if you aren't crazy about her character, which I mean, I'm willing to give her a shot. Like I, I've never like avoided something she was in just because she was in it. I've just never been that big of a fan of her. Like I love Beetlejuice; fair. she was great in that. She's doing something pretty different here. I mean, I, I would recommend it to anybody. I can't think of a single yeah. person who wouldn't get a kick out of it. I'm sure there's some bitter assholes who will hate it. <laughs> well, <always> Probably. <laughs> well, they're all still busy with Ghostbusters, so mm-hmm. we got some time. And for and that next is a full-time week's episode, job. they're all still very busy with next week's episode because everyone hates the shit out of it. Uh, but we'll talk about that next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about this week. So we're going to start with the Bourne series. And when I say the Bourne series, I mean the Matt Damon part. We're going to forget <laughs> for today's purposes that Jeremy Renner ever had anything to do with this series. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jeremy... To be fair. I know he has a great butt. We don't need to talk about it. Um, <laughs> oh, you know me so well. <laughs> uh, so just really quick, I'm not going to read any reviews because, I mean, the reviews for this movie, uh, they're good yeah. across the board. People gave this thing like 9, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10. People love the shit out of these movies, which is fine. We'll talk about it. Um, but overall, they made about half a billion dollars hmm. between three of them, not four three of them before they made a little bit more but the fourth one did horrible which is why he's not coming back for the one that we're celebrating the born series for people just need to learn to always take ryan reynolds shirt off and always feature uh renner's butt renner's butt the renner butt 
Yeah, he's he's mm. got a he's got a good mm. keister on him. But to be fair, again, um, it's never looked as good as it did in Mission Impossible. Fully Three. packed. Mm. Yeah, he looked good in those. That silk Taylor pants. knew what they were doing. Woo. Round and high. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. I mean, it says something when every one of the audience, male, female, everybody, was like, "Man, that guy's got a good butt." That's <laughs> mission, <laughs> though. <laughs> uh, okay, so breakdown today. Breakdown. 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 Uh, we're gonna move right into it. Um, and this is going to be a, a rare treat for our, our audience members because they get to hear me flounder with it because I fucking hate doing these, which is why I like making everybody else do them instead. Um, but there's three movies. That means three people have to do them, so I will do one. Uh, I'll let Chewie decide who's doing what, and then we're I mean, all... I can already run these movies down in like five seconds. But well, what? Good on you, but... <laughs> Hooray for you who doesn't have to do it. They all have uh, about four points that they hit, and then they're done. It's true. Um, okay, so... We're going to do a 30-second timer here. Each one of us is going to get one movie. Uh, so Alex will get one, Eric, and then myself. And we're going to do our best to talk over each other and see how this turns out, All which right. is really great for everyone <laughs> to kind of go in their cars. Ah, what the hell was that? Uh, Chewie, let us know when you have a choice. All right. Well, Brian, you get the first one. Boom. And then you get the second one and you get the third. Rude. That's exactly what I didn't need. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So second and third. Oh, right on. Cool. So I still get Born Identity. Yes, you still get the first one. All right, so um, Born supremacy. Identity, Alex gets Supremacy, Eric Ultimatum. Ultimatum. All right, you guys ready? Should yeah. we give us a go? Go. Born so this so the Born Identity starts, starts sticking his nose where it doesn't belong, and Jason uh, Bourne so runs up to him and he's like, you're in big trouble, and then the water gets shot, wakes up, so now Born decides to go to New York, gets to New York, and he finds out that he was really from Missouri, and he seems to be running out about that, and he finds out that he was car off the roof, he walks away at the end, and he's okay. Now he's Jason Bourne. Prep that, three, and that's our timer. <laughs> Cue I, crappy that movies. That was only. so much to take in at one moment, isn't it? Uh, now you know what I go through every week. Don't you feel like a government experiment that just had a <laughs> bunch of information downloaded into no, your brain? I feel like the intern that gets all the crap jobs. Oh. I'm gonna go with Alex because she talked the fastest. Okay, so Alex wins. <laughs> Curses all to, around. You have to insult the other two of us. Well, I'll just have to say you're both super white. <laughs> and I am not. Well, <laughs> not. Yeah, but here's the thing. In in the Bourne movies, that's well, actually, not that's not an insult because this man, man this Touché. white man can this beat is, every other Touché. man. Yeah, this is why and maybe it's just because the Republican National Convention was this week, but like watching these movies with that in the background Ooh. of the world, I was like Jason Bourne is like every conservative white man's like Dreams. Yeah. Everyone is against me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You get to beat up the government. You get to like do a Euro trip with a bunch of cuties. And like you just are this flawless, invincible being who's always right. And you don't even have to like worry about remembering terrible shit that you've done. You're just like. Whenever somebody attacks you, it's perfectly okay to murder them right away. Yeah, totally. I just feel like. They might not just be doing their job, but. Yeah. It just seems like it's a fulfillment of like every paranoid fantasy that like one of my uncles would have. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Where it's just like, oh, the government is watching us and trying to get a hold of all of our stuff and they're sending people after us. And then like even in the third one, which I just flawlessly summarized in 30 <laughs> seconds. Uh, Too bad Chewie could appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I there's really like, understand most of you. <laughs> this, there's a character played by Patty Considine who's this like hapless journalist who gets in over his head and finds out about the Bourne 
Bond program. And, and you would think like, oh, you're supposed to sympathize with this dude. But the way that the movie portrays it is this he guy, like he's a, a villain. He's like, yeah. And he's yeah. like, and he's like a bumbling fool. He's like a Keystone cop or something. He's just like, oh, I don't want people to shoot at me. I'm just a journalist. I know it's if like, I run through this crowd, it'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. And it's like in this world, if the ultimate villain is the government, then why is a journalist also a horrible villain? There's just like no good entity in this world except for except this for one except di- for the murderer yeah, except the, for the, the guy who kills like 90 <laughs> people <laughs> and is completely justified male. yeah this impeccable flawless dude and yeah. it's so fascinating to me to just look at the world through this lens because it's just like there's no hope of anything except for going off the grid and like I don't know, I guess shacking up with a woman that you barely know until the government it, gets her too. It's it's a really weird uh, thing because when this movie came out, the the political climate was very different totally. than it True. is today, and it's kind of strange. Like when this came out, none of these really felt like problems because it was kind of like a. I mean, the first one came out in like what two thousand two, I want to say. And it came it, out in two thousand two because yeah. it was postponed right after nine eleven. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like when this thing first came out, I mean, it was it, it was made in the pre nine eleven era where exactly. everyone's still very like, yeah, Americans are great, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's kick everyone's ass. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until like the post nine eleven stuff where all this really started becoming more and more of an issue. And it's really interesting watching that first one and then watching the other two because I think the first one it doesn't feel as big of a problem to me. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel as much of the um, the super white male going to save the day. It really feels more like a personal story. Of this guy was fucked over, and mm-hmm. then he needs yeah. to figure out who he is. Mm-hmm. And then all the problems that you were just mentioning, which I totally agree with, those kind of come more in the second and third one, where it's take down the government because only we can. Yeah. Whereas the first one, it really is just a guy going, "Who the hell am I?" And then finding out that he was used to murder somebody, and then he had a conscience, so he didn't want to do it in front of his kids, mm-hmm. and then the whole thing kind of went away. And it's funny because the second two don't really feel like a sequel to that first movie. I would agree with that. Yeah, it's funny too because I think part of why you give a damn about Bourne in the first one is because he does have like a very frightening existential problem. Mm-hmm. And then once that's pretty much in the back seat for the second and third movies, you're just like, why? I, I kept forgetting why I even gave a damn about he this. He feels too. a little bit bad in the second one. He goes that a girl's little apartment bit, yeah. at the end. Uh, but he yeah. goes to that girl's apartment. But what about all the other fucking people he killed throughout the entire movie? He's going to go visit yeah. all their kids. He's sure. only from his first kill. Yeah, yeah for like, sure. I remember like. In the second one where he goes to the other last operative or whatnot from Treadstone. Yeah. Uh, uh, Clive Owen? Yeah. No. Clive Owen's second in the first movie. one. Oh, Is that the one movie. with the zip tie fight? Uh, I think so. Second movie is a zip tie fight. Yeah, yeah, that's the one with the, yeah. the magazine and the knife. Yep. Yeah. 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 Awesome fight. So that's a great goes, fight. He goes to the, yeah, it is a great fight, but the whole time I'm on the other guy's side, I'm like, Jason Bourne just broke into this guy's place and wanted to interrogate him for information. And then he's like insulted that the dude called the authorities to come help him. So then they start fighting and then he kills the dude. I'm like, am I supposed to be rooting for Bourne right now? He just home invaded this other man who was just kind of minding his own business. And then he did a protocol of calling for help. And then he gets fucking murdered because he didn't trust Bourne. Yeah, but of course he's not going to trust but, Bourne. But, but Jason Bourne's the American, so he's right. Yeah. No. <laughs> nope. That's not yes. how is the world not, works. Is that not how this works? Yeah. No. Just no. Running <laughs> through Europe like a bull in a china shop. Just like, fuck these antiques. Fuck this My world history. Now. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, I mean, like I said, I didn't see these movies in theaters. It, 2002 was kind of around my time where I wasn't really watching the giant uh, Hollywood films. Like, yeah. 
like how I still haven't seen Gladiator. Like those, like you two, should see Gladiator. It's a good movie. I, yeah, at some good. point, I will. Yeah. I guess. But uh-huh. in those like two, three year span, I just didn't see a lot of the, like the really big films because I got annoyed at them. I felt they were too inflated, and because of that I never went to the sequels. And right now, I'm kind of feeling like. I saw better things in the other movies. Well, no, I mean, here's... Okay, so the argument for this movie, and we can get into some of the other stuff here, was the you have to look at the climate of action films when this one came out. We had things like Mission Impossible, we had like the Die Hard movies and that sort of stuff where like, as filmmakers, uh, not Doug Liman or Paul Greengrass, but like filmmakers were making these movies, they're like, what can we do with these special effects, with green screen, with this sort of stuff? And they made these ludicrous movies that are still a ton of fun like they're the benchmark <laughs> 90s action films where at some point a guy will be diving across the screen with a wall of fire behind him like they but do they all these... were experimenting with technology yeah, yeah. and like they're pushing the boundaries and that's great and it was a lot of fun you had Mission Impossible come out like you had all these really cool big explosive action movies and what Doug Lyman wanted to do and why these movies really hit a chord was like alright we need to dial this back we need to go back to the days like the French Connection when that was an action mm. film where there's really just like a car chase and maybe a couple fights in there and that's what made these movies really kind of resonate with people and why they got so excited for them was because they felt realistic. Like they felt like, oh, these are things that are actually happening. There was actual political espionage here. There's, and they did it in a way where they used big thinky words and they had political dudes in suits and they felt like a thinking man's action film with somewhat realistic action in it. Oh, well, yeah. I can't knock the action in these movies. I mean, that's uh, kind of the best thing about the movies yeah, is what they did for other movies. They're beautifully done. Because yeah. you need only look at James Bond before Born and James Bond <laughs> yep. after Born. Because I'm... before Born, we had Die Another Day. <laughs> Which I love. And it's a great movie. <laughs> she... Or so you keep sure. saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what you keep saying. That is uh, an opinion that one person has at least. <laughs> but then after that, you've got Casino Royale, which feels like, you know... It's a, a different breed. Yeah, and it, it kind yeah. of feels like it's it's following up on, I think, the potential of the first Bourne movie more than the actual Bourne sequels do. I think that by taking James Bond and making him this really scruffy, really just resourceful dude, you know, you look at the fight scenes in Casino Royale, like that first bathroom fight, and it feels yeah. oh. so it's visceral. Urgent. And yeah, it's extremely it's immediate. Personal. Yeah, it feels like, you know, skin on skin, and there's something really exciting about that. And the frame to... gets dirtier with these movies. They, it kind of gives it like a very dirty ground level feel mm-hmm. to the movies, which is really great and how it affects these other action movies like Bond gets the frame gets dirty the it's grainier the movie is like a little bit more tactile they decided to use handheld like crazy yeah, yeah. which yeah. I have different feelings of in different fights sometimes I well, think the shaky cam like really like pulls me into the fight and then other times the, I'm like where are they in in totally. supremacy it was a it was an experiment it's like, like can we shoot with green grass yeah. yeah with green grass the, that was totally like can we do this all handheld I go yeah we can it'll turn out okay and then you can't really see the action it gets a little Jarring at points. I actually got motion sickness when I saw it in theaters during the the fight we just mentioned, the the magazine knife fight. Yeah, yeah. it it's moves like, quickly. It's like what the yeah. hell is happening right now? And then the third one, I think they kind of they learn their lessons from the second one. They they kind of watch it. And went, All right, it's kind of like it breathes a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like Abrams watching the first Star Trek movie, going, okay, I think I went and overdid it with the flares a little bit. And then you watch <laughs> In a Darkness, and the flares are toned down a lot. Like he kind of sees what he did and didn't do. Yeah, the average shot in Supremacy is about one point nine seconds. Yeah, I could see that. It's fast. Yeah, yeah. the editing that is long, super huh? quick. Wow. <laughs> but I, was, I, think, I was getting a little restrained. bit bored from second to second. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> but you can see why how much they learned in the second and the third one because the third one won an Academy Award for editing. Yeah, like they mm. they definitely. I forgot about Christopher that. Christopher Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The first and the third one are definitely the better movies out of this. Absolutely agreed. Because yeah. you actually care about Bourne more in those. In the second one, I don't really care about him. Yeah, I didn't buy that whole revenge. Uh, nope. thing he just going seems on the real one. whiny. No, the yeah. second one I only saw in theaters. This is the first time I'd rewatched it. I've seen the first and the third a bunch of times. This is the first time I've seen the second one again since I saw it in theaters. Yeah, 
And I'm sorry, you were saying something. Oh, no, far from it. I just think it's sad that, you know, I think Franca Patenka is one of the coolest things about the first one because mm-hmm. she, I think she gets the best scene in the first one when, you know, Bourne is gearing up to do his usual Bourne thing and she comes up and she's like, I just asked them yeah. for the information. <laughs> and he's like, oh. And it's yeah. so, it's like something so witty and subversive and it like paints her as actually being like a really nice foil for him because she's like an actual human being who <laughs> thinks like an actual human yeah, being. Well, and him. Yeah, and, and it's frustrating that that goes out the window yep. so immediately in the second one well, because yeah, I think he needs that as a and character. And I'd never seen the second or third one. I'd only seen the yeah. first one before this. And I was like, uh, she's in this movie, but for how long? I'm guessing like, there she goes. There's, oh, she's <laughs> yeah. gone. Headshot. Bye. Okay. And, mm-hmm. Like, I was eerily able to act like predict when she was going to go. And, and, oh, totally. Because you just feel like she's only there in the second one to offer, you know, like some attempted heightened stakes and, and yeah. that's kind of insulting because for, she does so much good stuff in the first one now from what i've heard is that she the only reason she's not in the second one is because she was pregnant so they kind of dare she so <laughs> they wrote her out of the movie which oh. is i mean it's kind of shitty and at that point born I, I, can't have a baby either well, a yeah, born can a have a baby, baby. b it's like I, I am not uh i i'm usually in the minority of this but i have no problem with recasting mm, like if you don't yeah. if the, the part doesn't work because of the actor you know what fuck it like if you hire another good actor we'll buy it I mean, I'm also surprised that they didn't bond the situation by just giving him a new girl. A hundred percent. Or Indiana yeah. Jones, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very part and parcel with this kind of movie. I was, yeah, I was pleased they didn't just replace her, swap her out, because I was like, oh, no, they're going to replace her with somebody else, someone younger, maybe. Oh, oh, they didn't. I cool. always well, thought they, they that they he kinda, was going to just hook up with Julia Stiles. They right? totally alluded sure. that they in the third They took forever getting to that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And think, even then, it didn't pay off. No, I think it will in the new one. I think they're yeah. going to address it, because she's in the new one. And she hints at that they had a relationship. Yep. She's the highest paid background actor in all these films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She does a good job with the few parts she has. I actually That's really fair. like her in these movies. No, when she does she a great up, job. I didn't really like her screaming fest in the second one. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah, she's she's really like capable in the first one. And then the second one, they're just like, all right, now your character is you're scared. Go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> in the third one, they're like, uh, you're scared and you get a new haircut. Yeah. <laughs> and you're kind of horny. Not 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 like yeah. yeah not don't dripping, commit to but, it. But yeah. at least like, not, not so horny that you're, you're gonna not risk your life. The best yeah. at running away. You try every door in that alley. He really should have <laughs> no. been able to catch up now, to you. I want to I want to pause really quick right there. You just mentioned what I think is the greatest action sequence yes. in the entirety of the series. Quadruples yeah. chase. Kind oh of thing. my god, that's pretty I mean, it's awesome. really well done. Like it is other, so other well than done. she's trying every door in that alley. I mean, yeah, she is definitely the uh, help me help me in that part but it's still yeah. everything from like the, mode. the the motorcycle chase to the where he gets there and he finds out they blew up the guy they were chasing the whole time mm-hmm. and then he's going after the girl like the, everything in that action sequence is just like edgier seat like holy shit this is awesome you through the streets him. of Tangier yeah. over the roofs jumping in through windows into oh, apartments yeah. and you can it's go so be- red, if yeah. you watch the behind the scenes of that the way they did that shot is amazing they had a guy but, jump off a building and through him. a window there were no yeah. wires and, and yeah well the guy at the How camera had get- wires the well, guy I didn't know they had a camera like strapped to him somehow. That so they had the one behind. guy so jump. Killer. The one guy successfully jumped from the building through the window, That's and amazing. the guy behind him had wires on him and was holding a camera and just chased him off the building. And then just fell off the building with him. That's so awesome. Cool. Like that's amazing. That Those yeah. stunt guys had the best bro moment after that. <laughs> I, I gasped during that and scene. The cameraman oh was yeah, and I'd seen yeah, yeah, up to that point. <laughs> and I'd seen the tra- I'd seen the trailer for Supremacy. Saw so they put that shot Ultimate. in the trailer. Or. They played that it shot was in the trailer ultimate. a thousand yeah. times. An ultimate, yeah. Yeah, it, it was in the trailer, and I saw it a bunch of times. It's then, in the trailer for the new one. <laughs> like yeah. they're so proud of that shot, and they should be. And I still, yeah. Yeah, I still, I still gasped when watching it. It yeah. was that good. Like, yeah, it's super satisfying. And it's also sad to think that nowadays they just put a GoPro on his forehead. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, GoPros true. have made things a little bit easier. But at the same time, I mean, if you're still willing to... That's still going the extra mile for that shot. It's yeah. like, like I mean, you go back and watch the That's what I mean. Movies. It's a beautiful shot. Yeah. And now it would just be like, oh, they used a GoPro for that shot. I mean, I don't know. if It's just us being, me being snarky, but I kind of like, hate still that gonna, in movies if, at this point. If they're still mm. going to send a guy off a building chasing somebody for a shot, I'm still impressed. I don't mm. care if he's holding a 200-pound camera or a GoPro. He still jumped off a building to get a shot done. Mm. That's impressive. Yeah, that shot won the Taurus Award for Best High Work. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> deserved. Like, it, it's, it is an amazing thing. Like It's one of those... It's part of the reasons why I we can talk about like the political climate and the insulting nature of white America smashing through Europe, but white there's America. things in this movie that that are just so awesome on a filmmaking standpoint that they're mm-hmm. still fun to watch. It's fun to watch in the same way that like Red Dawn we mentioned a few weeks ago. It's fun to watch. It's like yeah, this is a really fun movie to watch. Yeah. Don't pay attention to the message. No, just no, ignore no. the message because uh-huh. it's wrong. But the movie itself, there's a lot of action and intrigue and that sort of stuff. Well, and it's cool. funny because like know if these the message. Is really wrong. In this one? Well, which one? In the Bourne movies. Oh. Of the white America is going to... He's right all the time. That whole mm. thing. Well, no. The white guy is right all the time is silly, White paranoia. But, yeah. <laughs> the America I, paranoia. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure our government does have secret assassin things oh, going on. Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm not, that's not what I'm arguing. I'm arguing okay. the, whole, the whole thing that like this is the guy to save And you had world. to mention it on air. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, someone's gonna break through a ceiling right now. You can't <laughs> oh, know about us, Matt Damon. <laughs> what the hell? That would no. be amazing. What? They wouldn't send Matt. They'd send Renner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we <laughs> He's like, expendable. Yeah. Right. We, we're only good enough for Renner. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Renner. I'm very biased. You just turn around really quick. You can kill me afterwards. Yeah. Just I dropped something over there. Can you shoot? Can you shoot me between your legs? Can you just like lean down? Can you use Annie Oakley the shot so I can see your butt the whole time? Why die with that shot? Uh, (laughs) Butt shot. Real awkward if I ever work with Jeremy Renner. It is. It's gonna be hilarious to hear about it. (laughs) You should send him a copy of the podcast first. (laughs) (laughs) To what you said though. I really like objectifying you. Go ahead, John. Podcast quote. I really like objectifying you. <laughs> I once did tell my wife, you're my favorite person to objectify. You had a whole conversation well, about how you're like, yeah, right? These movies also have one of my other favorite men to objectify, Carl Urban. Yes, <laughs> ma'am. To be fair, you guys were comparing your, like, you, she was comparing you to desserts on Facebook the That's whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I was getting hungry. Hashtag marriage. Yeah. <laughs> like, Go ahead, John. Dessert. You're going to make a point. <laughs> kind of piggybacking off of yours that these movies are essentially the same movie three over times. Over and over again. But because totally. of how the filmmaking is so strong and so entertaining and edge of your seat, yeah. I enjoyed every single one. And mm-hmm. I watched them like back to back to back. And normally with movies like that, that gets boring by yeah. about the first end of the first movie. Well, the, This wasn't so each one. It was still so fun. Well, the thing was, I saw the first one and I loved the shit out of it. I, I have a really big soft spot for Doug Lyman, just in general. Like If yeah? his name is directing a film, I'm going to Yeah, it. big fan. Um, he's made some horrible things. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I will never watch Jumper Why again, didn't he but, continue? Well, he just did Edge of Tomorrow and that was fantastic. Oh, why didn't he continue with the Bourne series? He didn't want to. Yeah. From what I hear, is he, he was the executive producer. He didn't want to direct a sequel. Okay. From no, what I, I got hear, the impression that he was difficult to work with and had very. I've heard that as well. Yeah. But from the the public statement is that he didn't want to. Okay. And I'll I'll accept that. Whatever. I'm I'm not here to try to figure out what actually happened. He comes I'm into not the Jason roof. Bourne. Alex, you're uh, saying that that's a lie, man. I don't know facts, don't but I don't accept man. what the public is told always. Oh, oh well, oh, have I got three I. movies for you? It's called <laughs> the Bourne Identity Trilogy. <laughs> Uh, don't trust anything even if he is a I don't know I always have a little bit of a leeway for myself with assholes like if even if he is difficult to work with the man gets results he has great films he he does and he's the thing that I like about Doug Lyman more so than a lot of other directors is that he's a very good man at knowing what he can and can't do 
Which is why I still think out of all of them, the first one's the best one. Yeah. I could see the argument for the third one because the third one's just kind of a non-stop, intense, just machine force of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think that the first one, kind of like what we were saying earlier, which is the only one where you really relate to Jason Bourne as a character. And I think that alone makes that mm-hmm. the strongest out of the three. Because by the time you get to the third one, it's just like, all right. It's kind of like watching Taken. It's like, how many people is he going to murder throughout this thing? Oh, it's like, fun watching it. The entire world would be after him. Well, and there's an oh, interesting yeah. distinction that you just kind of made me think of is that the first movie is about him as a person, as a character. The other movies are about what he's doing. Taking down which, yeah. which, which does lessen it a little bit. It's still entertaining, but that's why the first one stands out so much because it's not so much about the action, although it's great. Yeah. It's about who he is, yeah. what he's going through, and that's more important than the action. Whereas this, like with the newer ones... It's the action that's the most if important If you're going thing. to impose yourself into the hero's shoes, it's that first movie is the stakes are high yep. and very primal because mm-hmm. that's just a matter of who am I and how do I survive? Who am, uh, no, How do I know these things? Like the, the first time he gets in that fight with the, the in cops the park? in the park, yeah. it's awesome. The whole like he just took him down. He's like, what the hell am I? Mm-hmm. I love muscle memory. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's a really cool thing. Like that's the thing about these movies. They're just fucking cool. They're just kind of yeah. fun to watch. I mean, they're they're kind of dumb, but... And that's kind of what I want to move into is the kind of eh, nature of them. Um, there's something about these movies that I, I want to talk about, which is it, they really, really strive to be the thinking man's James Bond. And they were kind of pitched to me as that. like back MacGyver-esque. In the day. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, if you like, uh, if you like spy movies, you're going to like James Bond because they just kind of do cool shit. And this one's all about like political espionage and political climate and that sort of but stuff. But there's no MacGyverness to him. It's just all fight, He fight, doesn't fight. pick up weapons for the most part. He leaves the guns in the safety deposit box. He grabs newspapers and pens and just gets regular civilian everyday items to fight with. And a lot of yeah. the fights are grounded in Eskrima, uh, Kali as well as Jeet Kune Do. And Don't ask me. I mean, Go on. You're the, you're the one with the person on who that. does stunts. Can we is just hear you talk us. about this for another half an hour, please? I mean, but Kali especially is primarily based on finding everyday items and using them as a weapon. Okay. So I wasn't thinking about when I was thinking like the thinking man's action thing, I was thinking be like ways to actually avoid the fights, but no, no, no. Oh the, yeah, this, that's not what he does. Yeah, no, <laughs> he just full on He's like dive right force him to engage. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. But the the thing that I liked about it, like as a kid in high school, is like you felt smart watching these movies. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's a lot of stupid stuff going on in these movies. So on a stupid <laughs> level, I I mean breaking it down, all of his recon moments where he's trying to get information whenever he's at a computer, it's always click click image, click click image, revelation. Because oh, <laughs> yeah. in these kinds of movies, computers are magical and people yes. teleport from one time zone to another <laughs> in like an hour. How and does he just... have all this money? And ha- yeah, exactly. See, I do actually say that in interviews. You know, the Bourne movies where it's like click, click, image, click, click, revelation. That's what I am to your <laughs> yeah, projects. Yeah, like, you're an and asset. And they're like, yeah. get out. <laughs> we don't want to hire no crazy assassin. And that's why, like, especially by the third movie, which came out in 2007 or something. Yes. Yeah. When the internet was definitely a very big thing. Which already was a big thing at 2002. Mm-hmm. His espionage, like he would be one of the world's most wanted men because his picture would be everywhere. That and was the only way the authorities were ever tipped. It's like, oh, we saw his face somewhere. Chase him. Yeah, people, but, even hotels but they, are getting They would like, act like they had to face. look for it. Like, but, like they had to like do some espionage to find him still a little bit. And I'm the, like, no, it's like, Everyone would know what he looks like. But one of the <laughs> things I do like about that is they bring it up in the movie a couple mm-hmm. times. It's a really cool thing where it's like, we saw him in Prague. Well, how do we see him? 
Uh, he probably wanted to be found. Like, I like that he uses the whole, like, people are looking for him to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's cool things they do with the character where he is smart. I he just is, feel like the, every the, civilian would know what he looks like and be like, ah, he's going to kill us. My <laughs> favorite my favorite moment of that is the big kind of switcheroo he does with um in Ultimatum where it's like, yeah, we, we're, we would talk face-to-face if you were back in your office. And I was yeah. like, ah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good I, like, danced around my like, I computer. I was like, oh, that. this is so good. Yeah, that's a good I line. That was awesome. I like the I like that they they use that same scene twice from the end of Supremacy and then again and I'm like, "Oh, that was smart because it didn't make sense that he'd be in New York. Like, hey, who's looking for me? America. Maybe I shouldn't go there." Yeah. <laughs> but New York, hey. Yeah, yeah I like get how, some of that pizza. I like how when he's I think it's Supremacy when he's um tracking Pamela Landy and he goes to the hotel and calls and tries to see whether she's in her room just to see yeah, if she's around. Yeah. Yeah. Like little things like that. Super smart. It makes me feel smarter for having seen it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the nature of him what was it you were saying a second ago with him oh everyone would know what he looks like yeah also the government and treadstone is a thing that the public probably shouldn't know so all the effort they're putting they would, out there but i think they would mask it like there's this, this man terrorizing europe and just go but public. since he's supposed to be in like the secret project so secret that the people running the secret don't know the secret about the secret right i think they'd try to keep him out of the news right would be i mean but that Except said so he is the, the as, so as eric said he is the the bull in the china shop so eventually if the americans want to keep him on the news maybe paris would be like uh, this motherfucker destroyed everything. Yeah. Short of the Eiffel Tower, yeah. nothing is standing. But also, he was laying low at the beginning of Supremacy until Carl Urban framed him. That's true. Oh, Carl Urban. That's true. Oh, <laughs> but can you stay mad at Carl Urban? Yeah. He is no. No. Again, again. Did he speak in this movie? You're going to kill Once. me? All right, if you're the last thing I look at. Just look me in the eyes when you do it. Oh, that, that, pow- that pouty face. And he's like, I shot him. You and he walked away. I was like, oh. Cupid, and I loved you back then. <laughs> With your frosted tips. He's just always dread to me. He's so good as dread. <gasps> to me, I think the the line that sums up these movies is there's a part in the Born Ultimatum where he is with. Oh yeah, I got a tattoo there. Um, <laughs> for the listeners at home, I'm looking at my tattoo right now. He's got um, a flying pig on his arm. Thank you. The flying pig. That's me. <laughs> sums, sums me up really in a nutshell. But um, there's a line in the Born Ultimatum where stupid journalist McGee is like, "Oh, I tried to get information out to the public." Like apparently that's a bad thing in this movie somehow, and and uh, Matt Damon runs up to him, gets really intense, and says, "This isn't some story in a newspaper. This is real." What? And well, what does that say about ex- everything? No, but this is the thi- odd. But this is the thing: is like you could try to argue that they wrote that line to actually like make a comment or something. Like, oh, Jason Bourne doesn't believe in like you know, the integrity of journalism or something. But what I really think it was is that they didn't really know what these characters were going to say to each other. They were like, just say things in an urgent way <laughs> that so that it sounds legitimized and sounds like really intense and I like Now Matt, go. Yeah, and he's like, oh, this isn't a story in a newspaper. This is real. And they're like, great, oh, cut, great, yeah. keeping it. One take I wonder, let's it. go. <laughs> Even though they don't have necessarily the desired effect, I love lines like those that can serve as like the meta commentary on the well, movie. Because they just, they just happen naturally, so it's like it kind of works in harmony with a silly movie, which is still fun. Like I yeah. like I like that kind of circular they, element to it. Yeah, and they definitely play into the let's make this sound smarter than it actually is. Yeah, totally. 
There's just a lot to be said for there's a lot to be said for like how inept everybody in the movie is except for Jason Bourne (laughs) and like and how Styles is pretty smart too. No, I feel like the women in general in this movie, except for Pam Landy, are just kind of standing the sidelines. I really like more. I really like Pam Landy in these movies. She's great. She's great in the second one when she's just like fuck Brian Cox. I'm in charge. Mm -hmm. Like I love her. Oh, I love that scene. I hate the grief that she gets from everybody else because everyone's kind of like, oh Pam, I don't want to do that. The faces that they give her, oh Pam, you're such a bitch. like, like if she were a dude, they would not have been given her <laughs> she, such flack. No. I kept That's thinking what, Hillary Clinton the whole time. Right? I was just like, this woman is getting it from all sides. From all angles. But and the, she's just doing her job and doing it well. Yeah. But that's what I like about her character so much is that they actually use it. Because if this was a real life situation, she'd go through the exact True same story. hoops. And she does it. Like, they did a really good job making her a fucking badass. Right. And having to deal with, like, the shh. Just shh. Yeah, the condescension. Go, go back to your office, yeah. little girl. And she's like. <laughs> It'd yes. be great if I mean, like the first, the first time she calls Brian cunts. Cox, that whole conversation of "Hi Pam, what can I do for you?" He's just so condescending the whole fucking That's conversation. That's what he's good at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I and love Brian David Cox. David yeah. Strathairn in the third one too is just like, oh, they suggested that you come onto the team over like you know breakfast or brunch or whatever yeah. the hell they're doing, and she's like, oh, they suggested, <laughs> or were you like told to do this by a superior and you're trying to make it sound like you're doing me a favor? Don't like, undermine me. Yeah, that's actually like for as as I think kind of crummy as some of the dialogue and, and character work in, is in these movies is, I think that's actually a really great scene. That That's probably one of the best scenes of the movie. And everything from just like the power play of, I'm going to buy your breakfast for you. And she's like, I'll have coffee. And then doesn't even drink the coffee. Enjoy mm. your egg whites. Yeah. <laughs> which is her way of saying, fuck you. <laughs> but also, I just think it's interesting that like in the first and third, like whenever there's like uh, Franca Patenke is on the run in the first movie and they're like, okay, you're going to have to like cut your hair and diet and like change every way that you look and like they do the exact same thing to Julia Styles. Styles in the third one and Jason Bourne looks like Matt Damon <laughs> and he doesn't even changes. he doesn't even put on a hat Baby face <laughs> like, this man this man could not give a shit about changing his appearance or what trying if Adora been too on the nose yeah I guess but well, it's I just mean, like why, why do these door? like if Franca Patenka walked in he here right now I'm not patch. sure I would recognize her yeah. and yet they're like you have to change your entire look and like Jason Bourne just is waltzing no, around no. in in my one little thing before I move into any arguments of this thing, to counter that, uh, he doesn't give a fuck about people trying to come to kill him. He's trying to protect the women. He's being the white knight for the women. So like, mm, oh, they kind of know what you look saving. like. They Sorry. need saving. They need saving. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying the, the character motivation is right. I need to protect right. them. I don't care if they're coming after me. Yeah. This isn't a very white male thing. It is. It's totally, uh, yeah. It's totally like a 17-year-old in high school's like fantasy about yes. like, oh, this is how I'm going to get the German oh, exchange student to like me. Oh, I still run into those yep. men on a daily I'm going to save his life. <laughs> yeah. I watched Run, Lola, Run. Yeah, yeah 100%. Your, yeah. That's your country's national girl. anthem. The other day I had to deal with a guy going, honey, don't go up that ladder. That's so high up. Let one of the guys do it. And I just straight oh, up looked at and him how, and said, how did don't you do? do that. Yeah. And then he went, well, I'm not doing that. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's like, yes, you are. I have, I have lots of women friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm woke. Um, I'm with it. Woke. <laughs> nice. I'm hashtag woke. It's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let's do final thoughts can here. I, can I throw yeah. something in real quick yeah, first? Yeah. Do we want to touch on at all the fact that it, he is Jason Bourne and all of the water imagery and how he is birthed from the water of the Sea of Marseille <laughs> and then and like every time he dies he has this rebirth again oh. Um, oh. like yeah 
start of the first one, Born Identity, he comes out of the water in Marseille. Uh, and the second movie, it starts with like the rain baptizing him or something like that while he's in India. Um, and, and then she the, dies in the water. And too. she dies yeah, in the water, totally. and he dies in the water, at, or dies presumably at the end of Ultimatum. No, it'd be mm-hmm. even in the second one, he dies in the water because his it's love always dies, in the water. So he comes out of spirit of revenge. Right. So, yeah. All of it is in the water. And then they don't they end the third one with him in the in the water. Yeah. In the, yeah. 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 And the second one and the third one begins with with snow everywhere. But still, that's yeah. just frozen water. <laughs> and the uh, blue, <laughs> I did not pick up on any. And of that. the Blu-ray yeah. case is blue, which is blue water. Totally sky. water. I mean, yeah, yeah. can't be sky. <laughs> Produced by Doug Lyman, who's a lie man. I mean, this is getting really. T- <laughs> oh, and all green grass. Oh and how do you guys. make grass oh, green? With water. With water. Now I mean, we live in California, so I presume that's how you make grass. I don't know. I haven't seen green grass in years. I haven't seen water in months. I don't know what water is. We're just like, no, it's like wow, big blue We're wet in thing. The, desert. <laughs> the big blue wet thing. But yeah. where you started was pretty spot on. Nice, where we ended. Nice Muppet Treasure Island <laughs> reference, <laughs> by the way. Good yeah. It made my day regardless. Got it. <laughs> to reference our thing we're going to do next week, in the newspaper, water is wet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's go around the table. Final thoughts, if there's anything you want to say about the new one coming out, anything like that. Uh, John, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. First of all, I'll see it. Yeah. Um, this because, I mean, for as cheesy as it is and all problems aside, these movies are up my alley. I like this. I like espionage. I like the action espionage thing. I, they're fun to watch. And yeah. if they're on, I'll watch them. Like they're just infinitely fun. And I like that as a genre. Okay. Fun. They're fun if you don't think about them. Like right, what right. our entire podcast is here to do to break them down. It's like, oh god, this is really ugly when you get like underneath the sheets. But on the surface layer, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and. It's Matt Damon. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's better. Jeremy Renner? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. We're not talking about him today. Oh, I'm sorry. Like all the times we talk no matter him. how much I like Matt Damon, and, and I really love The Martian and all that, he still did Elysium, and that'll always be... Ugh. Whoa, and that's he, what you compare him to. And he okay. tripped me on it in a bar. He did apologize, but he did trip me, that son of a bitch. He totally meant it. He, he didn't. Oh, it was, he totally it was 100% did. my fault. But <laughs> he apologized. If he was, was really if he cool was, of him. Cool but, if he, but if he didn't exist, then you wouldn't have had that moment. That's true. <laughs> to hell with him. Fucking Matt Damon. If he was in born mode, he meant it. That's true. He drew attention to himself on purpose. Yeah. Some crazy shit happened in the background. Yeah. I lucky he didn't kill you with a drink coaster yeah. or something. If there's one thing I'd like to get from the next movie, which I know I won't get, because none of these movies ever do it when they do these must-have sequels. Like I would like to see a like actual aging. Like a casual joke, maybe about like, man, my joints just can't do what they used to, or like I mean, with the water, be oh, like, oh my be hips, human? yeah, my yeah. hips kind of hurt when it rains. They do like, that in the Lethal Weapon movies. I'm too old for this shit. Oh, but they do that in every. He's always too old for this shit, even when he was twenty. They do it in the but, first Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then but, by the fifth one, he's like, what, bringing down a helicopter with his bare arms like, or something? For them <laughs> to like reflect it. on that, yeah. be like him just looking like a, a weary old soldier and not just like he's like got a furrowed brow at some point and be like actual like ramifications on his body of having to do this for decades like yeah, I, I would enjoy that they won't I, do that no they won't do that but it, I, I see what you mean but that would yeah. make it so much more you can actually connect to his character more then yeah for sure yeah. 
Alex, any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm psyched about it. I'm going to go see it. Um, Just for the simple fact that I'm guaranteed a great car chase and I'm guaranteed a great fight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Who's the villain in the new one? I don't even know. Who even cares? Uh, (laughs) Jeremy Renner. Probably the government. Jeremy Renner. That'd be pretty great. Uh, I'd I'd bet it's the government. Still? (laughs) You think? You're going to win that bet. (laughs) Not just Uh, the government, but the government. uh, To be fair, uh, it's Tommy Lee Jones is the main bad guy. He's a very good government looking person. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can handle that really well. Man, what if it's a crossover with MIB? It won't be. It Wouldn't shouldn't be. Wouldn't that be the Dickens? No. Who do you think would win in a fight, Tommy Lee Jones or Jason Bourne? Like fist fight. Uh, Probably Tommy Lee Jones, right? Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. Wait, it's just a fist fight. There's no gadgets. No gadgets, just... Um, Not a newspaper to be found anywhere. Or a magazine. Here's the thing. Nothing, is that I just know. fingernails and spit. I mean, Tommy yeah. Lee Jones never <laughs> really does language. fist fights. Like, when was the last movie that Tommy Lee Jones did a fist fight? He it's punches somebody in uh, Captain America. Yeah, punches one guy, I think, or like his stunt double did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in all likelihood. Uh, Eric, any last thoughts? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to the new one. I mean, there's something really sad about the fact that there even is a new Matt Damon, Jason Bourne movie, just because like the whole point of these three movies is that he doesn't want to do this shit anymore right. and he's trying to get out of it. So there is something kind of depressing about like. Oh, it's too bad that apparently this man is never going to be given peace because Universal needs money. There is an interesting article. I, I for, didn't do my research on <laughs> remembering it about how, like, even with television, how these things keep going on and movies with sequels and sequels mm-hmm. that no one gets their happy ending anymore. And I think that's actually going to be that's kind of an interesting element to this. Is that, uh, that came out right around uh, Star Wars to talk about how yeah. by by extending Star Wars, you're you're guaranteeing sad endings for most of your characters. Yep. Yeah, it's really tragic that you can't just let somebody ride off into the sunset. I mean, just look no further than like the fourth Indiana Jones movie. It's oh. like it's it's frustrating that you can't. And it's not like Matt Damon looks like a haggard old, you know, uh, corpse at this point. You know, far he looks from it. fine He's still. Far, I, I'd say he looks fine. <laughs> but there is something really. It's Apparently frustrating. There's a divide. We talk about other people. Matt Damon. We're on point here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's frustrating Swing. that uh, you know they just keep dusting off these performances and making them dance over and over again. That's. I'm not saying that it's going to be a bad movie. I think, in fact, I'm kind of set up to like it after. Yeah. And I, I'll say this, like, for the fourth movie being, you know, sort of accepted as a disaster, and I know we're not really talking about it, like, there's a scene in the fourth movie that I think I liked more than, like, any scene from any of the other movies where there was actual, like, clever, like, stakes and tension where there's this, like, f- there's a biochemical plant or something like that that's tied into the, like, Born program. And uh, one of the scientists gets, like, a message from, you know, the evil government or whatever, and he just, like, opens a desk drawer, pulls out a handgun, and he just goes around and starts shooting the other scientists. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and you're, like, watching this, and you're just like, God, it's so brutal and strange and, like, tense, and it's like something out of a horror movie. And in that moment, I was more concerned about whether or not people were going to live or die than, like, all three of the other movies put mm. together. Yeah. I and mean, granted, no, that doesn't salvage the whole movie by no, a mile, but... If that movie wasn't the Born series' Flowers for Algernon, I think I would have liked it a little bit more. But yeah, I, I mean, just, if they called it anything else, I think that people would have given it more of a fair shake. I mean, yeah. I th- if they had just called it, like, Jeremy Renner, the the 
winter soldier asset. or something, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you would be in a better position. But yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily justify the existence of that movie. I yeah. would prefer them opting to pass on the torch to new assets that they're cultivating in the government rather than continually bringing Matt Damon back. Well, I, I mean, think he's wonderful. I'm going to watch it. It's yeah. going to be so great. <laughs> but also open up the doors for other people. <laughs> well, I mean, they 100%. tried and as you vote with your money and not enough people went to go see it. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and I honestly, I think that's fine. I don't, I, I agree with you. It'd be nice if they could do it well. I just don't think they're going to be able to. How did the Renner movie compare to the Firstborn? It's still worse. Still worse. Yeah. It's the, it Tragic. made the least amount of money out of all of them. Oh, womp, so, womp, womp. Yeah. So that's, that's your answer. They well, and they're not going to try that again. And my hope is always kind of with these that, you know, maybe it is another born movie. We still get them back, but maybe it'll encourage a new born identity to pop out out of inspiration. And that's kind of always my hope is that this genre of like action espionage thing just kind of keeps happening and we keep getting yeah. more because they're very entertaining. Yeah. And uh, I miss those. Um, Formulaic, but, but entertaining. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. still, we're still getting more uh, Mission Impossible. So. That's true. We and somehow they're like But like you better. even said, Brian, yeah, like, I don't know how that happens. still all crews. For sure, yeah, yeah. It's super shocking to me. But they each do their different thing, which is... Like I, I still like those Mission Impossibles, but this one has definitely carved its own path. This this style of mm-hmm. action espionage is its own thing. Bond is its own thing. Mission Impossible is its own thing. And I like them all. I like them all to kind of yeah. keep doing their own thing, but new people, like new kind of scenarios. New blood. New blood, yeah. The, yeah. the mm-hmm. person that, uh, if I got to choose someone for Jason Bourne to fight, I would choose Rama from... He'd lose. You don't fight Rama. You lose. <laughs> but um, You lose to Rama. Only. I know you lose, but a... Just talking about using what's around you or whatnot, a knife fight between Jason Bourne no, and Rama. No one wins in a knife fight. I, I was already going to say you lose to Rama. You can't I, give him a knife. He's a fucking wrecking ball with a knife. No, Everyone in the room but dies. We, but in the second one, we see Bourne with a knife or fighting against a knife, and it was pretty enthralling. I would like to watch that. Uh, Rama is from the Raid series, if you don't oh, yeah. know. Yes, it's um, fantastic. Uh, he, another man that can just run through an entire demolish. building and kill everyone. Yeah, but he's not conflicted about it and trying to be like the hero. He's <laughs> he just like, I'm going to fuck sometimes. shit. <laughs> Either way, we need to move on to quotes, 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 quotes. Uh, <laughs> who wants to go first? So it's any oh, quote from any of the three movies. Any quote from any of the three Good movies. God, there's so okay. much. Okay, well then I can go first because I have mine yeah. set up and ready to go. Uh, it comes when, uh, I think it's in Supremacy. I'm 90, yeah, it is definitely in Supremacy where uh, Bourne is talking to Pam Landy and he's like, I need to talk to Nikki because she was with the first project and I'll only talk to her. And she goes, okay, what if I can't find her? And then it's that great oh shit moment of, it's like, it should be easy. She's standing right next to you. Ah, yeah. It's like click and it's like, oh shit, he can see us the whole time. <laughs> like drop. Yeah, yeah he's I, everywhere. I, I love those moments. It's such a cool like, god damn it, he's scary. Yeah. Where you're rooting for a creepy stalker. Oh, yeah. He's like, wow, I'm, I'm rooting for the most murdery Batman who's ever been murdered. Yeah. So my deal is from Identity, and it's still when Jason's trying to figure out, who am I? And Conklin's like, you're a U.S. government property. You're a malfunctioning $30 million weapon. You're a total goddamn catastrophe, and by God, if it kills me, you're going to tell me how this happened. That is, that's, oh, I love that's Chris like Cooper. a yeah I know where the God I wish like hell they brought him I loved how like Chris Cooper's story in Born Identity is like God what a horrible day yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, like his performance is just like God damn it this God, is my just, coffee has no sugar exactly. in it exactly like he's playing the whole thing like the elevator was broken at work and he had to take the stairs he's just like God damn it I hate my job I hate this place he's so working class and I fucking love that. 
and that's missing in the second and third it ones, is. I think. I mean, they lot. try to it do is. a little bit with Brian Cox, but it, does, it doesn't play off. Anymore. Not even close. <laughs> Chris Cooper, there's something special about that guy. I liked I the little quib moment between Carl Urban and his boss in the second one, where he just goes and be like, you told me I had a one month off. Yeah, totally. like, you told me Jason Board was dead. Like, and he's like, touche. <laughs> See? Say what now? So great, he just looks and goes, I am the law. Yes. <laughs> the uh, quote I like is actually in the last two movies um, where they kind of bridge them. Like, mm-hmm. where he's like, get some rest, Pam. You look tired. That whole conversation. Line. And I, again, I was, I hadn't seen him before. So I was like, oh man, the timelines, like, they cross. It's like, yeah. holy crap. And it was great. I like that it ha- that they wove in the timeline. <laughs> like, thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a really cool moment in <laughs> the third one where it's suddenly like, oh, this is the end of the last. Like, it's yeah. just something really like kind of jarring about that in a cool way. It's I definitely love one of those moments, moments like where you can see like the writer's room. Like, you can see like the wheels turning. Up, like, oh, I have an idea. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just earned my paycheck. <laughs> yeah, <it's neat. laughs> As a writer, you live for those moments. You're like, yeah. oh, I get to be clever. I get to be clever. God damn, I get to be clever. <laughs> Doesn't uh, happen very often. Eric, do you have a favorite quote? Um, I do really like the bit in the third one, although I think you said it already, where he's like, if you were in your office, we'd be having a conversation yeah. face so to face. Good. Like, that's a that's a super, like, drop the mic moment. Um, and I really like the bit again in the first one where she's like, I just went in and asked them for this information. Like, she's, <laughs> such a, she's just like, you are such a dude. Like, just like... <laughs> Just like don't don't All right, blow you need to walk up. in. You need to go ahead and identify how many people are in that room. You need to go make sure you count from the moment you walk in the door to the time you get to the counter, and then you come yeah. back outside. And you know everything that happens. Like I just asked. Yeah, it's like, dude, like just be chill. Like it's like you catch more be flies with honey than with vinegar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna forego the rating system this week due to time restraints. Oh uh, no! I know it's it's a sad. Well, thing, we all seem to agree, and obviously that yeah. the first one's the best. So we're gonna mm-hmm. jump straight into plugs uh, and then stick around after plugs for the answer to this question of who would win in a fist fight Jason Bourne James Bond or Ethan Hunt so think about that for plugs you can find us on Facebook at After the Hype you can find us on Twitter at ATH underscore podcast and on Instagram at just ATH podcast uh, and that pretty much everywhere else. You can find me on Twitter at YBrianY and on Instagram at Sensalords. Spencer spelled with a Z. Uh, however, since I got a new phone, I have to re-log into both of those accounts, and I'm probably not going to do it. So follow if you want to, <laughs> but I doubt I'll be on either one of them. John? Uh, movie Guy John on all social networks. Always thirsty. Chewy? Uh, Chewy9 on most things. All one word. Spelled out with an I for Chewy. Alex? Alex Marshall Brown website and that's my Instagram and a Marshall Brown on Twitter. Cool, Eric at Eric J Stoles on Twitter. Still not on Snapchat. <laughs> what's the, what's the name point. of your film on uh, Netflix again? Just oh yeah, it's a werewolf movie called Late Phases. Late Phases. Okay. Nice. All right. So answer that question: Who's going to win in a fist fight? Ethan Hunt, Jason Bourne, James Bond. Johnny, can go first. Then I'll throw the first couple punches and then I'll go get a beer. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> sure. I'd watch that Straight movie. up tie. Okay, yeah. Joey? Uh, honestly, I think similar to what John just said, it would be kind of like that scene in uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith uh, when they're fighting and 
all of their movements just keep timing perfectly so none of them actually makes any they movement. D- they all just break their hands on each other's fists. Yeah, they ah! all just like, they just meet <laughs> like a stalemate. Yeah. And, then, of some sort. and then at the end of it, they're just, they all just start talking about how much they like parkour and they go do parkour. <laughs> You like parkour? Parkour. I like, I like parkour. Parkour, do you, parkour, do you dude. jump off buildings? Yeah, I jump off buildings. Parkour, man. Yeah, and they parkour off the I climb buildings. <laughs> <laughs> the final shot is just the three of them jumping around oh, the sunset. And yeah. we're all like, this is And amazing. then they run into the Ninja Turtles and then they all run together doing parkour. Fun. I'd buy that movie twice. Okay, so this is my thinking. Forgive me, I don't, I'm not aware of Ethan Hunt, but right now. Mission I'm, Impossible. Mission Impossible. That Ethan Hunt. Yep. Got mm-hmm. it. Thank you. Because the Tom guy Cruise. I found on IMDb did a bunch of Christmas movies. <laughs> You're uh, like, he's out. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to make it. Um, I am going to lean. So we're just saying a fish fight. Yeah. I'm leaning towards Jason Bourne for the simple fact that um, Bond is very gadget reliant. And mm. Ethan Hunt is a bit of a wild card. But I still think that Bourne has the expertise to go ahead and, and think past that. He's yeah, got I, the agility. Ethan like, Hunt feels more like I'm going to outsmart this fight. Like, how am I going to get around the fight? Right, but if you got engaged, then it's going to be born. Yeah. He, Eric? Yeah. I think it would be, if it were just down to one punch, I think it would be Jason Bourne. If it was down to just, like, who's going to last the longest, I think it would be Daniel Craig's James Bond. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if it came down to, like, punching from above on a series of wires, it would be Ethan Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he needs assistance. Yeah. All of these are so much he better. He swings in, like, Cirque du Soleil and, like, like, love taps him to like death. Like, Bourne and Bond are fighting, and then suddenly they're like, I where's really Ethan Hunt? And he just <laughs> <laughs> punching down. <laughs> I'm the goddamn Batman! <laughs> Uh, so, kind of with what everyone else is saying, I think Jason Bourne is clearly going to win the muscle version of this fight. But if it's an endurance test, like Eric said, it's going to go to James Bond. Uh, I'm not sure if I'd necessarily say just Daniel Craig's, though, because I think pretty much all the Bonds are good at like their long-winded fights. So I think he'll be good. I don't That's know. Pierce Brosnan was such a pretty boy. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan was a fashion model, man. <laughs> he was. What a, what a drag that guy um, was. Whenever <laughs> I choose the biggest pretty boy, I always go with Timothy Dalton, actually. Oh, I love that Timothy That man's got smolder. He could do it. Yeah, he could win the That's fight. smolder. But old school Sean Connery was a bruiser. Like, yeah, he yeah, was. He, oh, God, really love that man. Sean Connery was totally. creepy. Yeah. So I'm pretty oh, sure yeah, the only one who's guaranteed to lose <laughs> is Ethan Hunt. That was yeah, also the Sean time. Sean the only one that kind of pushed a woman into a closet. That was this the time frame, good. too. Yeah. I know, but I can't not. So a big thank you to Eric Stoltz and Alex Marshall Brown for coming out this week. And I'm going to say bye! <laughs>